In this episode of the Exploring Information Security PVC Security Podcast Mashup, that's right. What is the Security Culture Conference in Oslo, Norway, June 14th and 15th, 2016? Part 1. Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring the Security Culture Conference in Oslo, Norway, June 14th and 15th, 2016. And with me today to do that is the creator of the, of the Security Culture Framework, Kai Rohr. Kai, how are you? Hi, Tim. I'm doing fantastic. It's, it's uh, wintertime in Norway, and we love it. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah, you got quite a bit of snow there? Or? Yeah, it's a snowy, rainy, cold, sun, hot. It depends on the day and the hour. Yeah, this I don't know what's up with this summer, and, and I don't have as much snow as you at all, but um, it's the, the weather, the, the degree change has just been kind of tremendous this year as far as highs, lows. It was like 70 two days ago, and it's going to drop down into the 30s and 40s like next week. It's just pretty crazy. Yeah, it's 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 they call it global warming in Norway. We call it the 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 major cool. It's been colder here the past I don't know decade than 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 over the past century. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting indeed. So as I mentioned in the opening, there this is a little bit of a mashup. Uh, we're gonna try this out. Uh, we, we originally had Paul come, but he was unfortunate unfortunately unable to make it. So we're gonna give PVC Security Podcast listeners a little taste of what I do on my own. Uh, podcast with you know kind of it's it's along the same lines and uh, we wanted to have Kai on because he has a great conference which we've been promoting in the PVC security podcast uh, every episode <laughs> um, happening in Oslo Norway June 14th and 15th of 2016 so so Kai let's get right into it what is the security culture conference so the the, the conference is a way of getting people interested in security culture around the world uh, to meet up, share their experiences, successes, failures, ideas, and learn basically how we can do and improve the security culture of organizations uh, that we work in. Yeah, that, and I think that's, you know, that's something I, I, I love the idea of the conference because I think it's, it's something that often gets overlooked within, within organizations. And, and it's, it's, it's so so it's it's a lot of fascinating things around security culture. Um, one of them is uh, we've been focusing, and by we I mean the infosec uh, community or in, uh, industry. We've been focusing on on security awareness for for a couple of decades at least, and yet we are unable to tell if we are making a change or actually change the behaviors. And and I have this this way. Uh, of explaining the difference between awareness and culture um, like this. So, so, so I am, you may be able to tell that from my voice, I, I am, ha, have reached my, my mid, uh, middle age. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm closing up on 50 here. And, and, and for a long time, I, I've heard that, Kai, you know, uh, you need to be healthy. You need to stay shape and, and stay fit. So, so you should go running or, or working out or go to the gym a few times a week, you know, just to stay fit and eat healthy, uh, stuff like that, right? And, right. And, 
the, the fascinating thing is that I know this. I am very well aware of the health benefits and I'm very well aware uh, of uh, why I should change my behavior, right? Now, the re question here is, me knowing this, me being aware of the health benefits, personal impact of my life of changing my behavior, does that drive me to change that behavior? Right. I can tell you that um, the answer is no, it does not. Right. Which to me means that, well, awareness and awareness programs and, and uh, trainings and whatever kind of awareness activities we do, they are bound to fail, fail in most um, situations because me being aware of something does not change my behavior. To change my behavior, we need to apply principles of culture. And culture is more complex. It takes into account the ideas, uh, the uh, customs or habits, if you like, and the social behavior of a particular group of people. And, and, and this is really fascinating uh, because it drives us to, 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 to the ideas and, and, and kind of knowledge that we have. So, so that's the awareness part of it. But you also look at the habits or customs of someone. My custom is not to, to put my sneakers on and then go running an hour every day. My habit is to get stuck in my couch turning on the telly or normally actually not the telly but with my laptop on my, my, my lap, right, working. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that part is not enough. And then we have the social behavior. So, so to change behaviors, my personal behaviors, uh, a lot of research has been put into how can we change people's behavior? And it turns out that focusing on social behaviors is a really strong uh, way of facilitating change or, or transforming uh, people's uh, actual behaviors. And, and, and this leads us back to the organization and, and the company that we work in. And, and we can ask questions like, how can we use the social um, uh, group, the group of people, to facilitate the change of security behavior that we want to see? And then we can, of course, look at psychology, for example, and, and learn how extremely um, connected people, humans, are and how extremely... Um, strong this urge we have to belong and to do what the group deems is the right thing to do. Not the rules or, or, or laws that we have, but the actual behaviors of that particular group. And if you don't believe me in, in, in how strong this is, uh, then look at some, some, some research. For example, uh, Zimbardo, Phil Zimbardo, of the, um, who, who did the um, Stanford Prison Experiments. I, I'm sure some of the readers have heard about that. If not, just look it up. Stanford Prison Experiments. It shows that in less than 48 hours, people, complete strangers, separated into two different groups, uh, prisoners and prison guards, none of them were prisoners or, or guards. They were they were usually uh, students, but put together and given that roles, those two groups formed and changed and transformed the behavior of each individual inside that group. 
And everything happened in, in a very short time span, very, very quickly. This is just one example of how strong this urge we have to belong in our social group is. And, and that's why I focus on culture and not so much on awareness. Awareness keeps me stuck in my couch over there, while culture actually makes me adapt and, and do things differently. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, that's that's one of the things I, I've always kind of been a little little uh, annoyed at the word awareness, just because like I said, it's just being aware of something. So I've told someone, okay, you have to be, you have to have a security mindset. Okay, I'm aware now. It's, it's, I like the idea of digging into, like you said, habits and behaviors. Cause I think, I think for, uh, I think a lot of people are willing to be security, uh, minded or have a security minded or, or, or understand a lot of that stuff. It's just that they need like a little, I don't know if you want to say a push or guidance, but like a lot of that's already there. You just kind of have to show them the benefit and show like, like you said, running and being healthy, you know that you should be doing all that, but unless you change your habit and your behavior, that's not really going to stick. Exactly. And, and, and adding then the social keyword to the behavior part here, uh, we can see how, for example, um, if you stick to running, just to have an unsafe uh, or, or safe kind of idea, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you stick stick to running and workouts, uh, some um, uh, training facilitators or whatever coaches or whatever they call themselves, they figure out that if we can get you a workout buddy, so someone else who will actually call you and say, Tim, you know, we have uh, an agreement today that we should be out running. So come along. Hey, hey, come on. Come on, Tim. Then the likelihood of you actually mm, removing yourself from that couch and put your sneakers on and go out running, it increases by, I, I don't remember the numbers, uh, but there's been some scientific study on this, really dramatic um, uh, change in the success rate of, of making people actually do some things. And, and that means that it's not you dragging yourself out, it's your buddy calling you or, or knocking on the door or whatever. And that social contract, that bond, that, that bond you have with this person drags you out and make you do the workout. And if it works getting you running, then it will work also on changing um, uh, security behaviors and anything, any other kind of behavior that, that you or I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So how, so how do you go about then getting security into the culture of an organization? Uh, many ways. Um, uh, some years ago, and I think we discussed this last time I were on the PVC Sec uh, mm -hmm. podcast. Um, I, I created the security culture framework, uh, and the background there was uh, a lot of complaints or, or, or questions around. So, so we waste a lot of time and money on awareness activities, but we don't see any change in in, in organizations, right? Right. Right. So, so, so I, I, me and some colleagues, we, we started to figure out or, or look at. So, 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 some companies are actually creating and in, in, in changing their security and, and, and do it well, and some, or maybe most, are not. How can we tell the difference? What are those who, who succeed? What are they doing that, that makes those results? And what are different between them and those who fail? And, and based on that, we, we found some very basic and really 
in retrospective, uh, not surprising uh, uh, things that they did. Uh, number one, they set clear goals and they defined the goals in a way that made it possible to actually measure the progress. I mean, yeah, that's duh. Mm -hmm. But in awareness training, how often do you see that? You don't. Exactly. So, so that's the first thing we, 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 we kind of notice that, wow, yeah, those who succeed, they actually do that. And in everything else except awareness and security, we, 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 we do the same thing. But so, so strangely, somehow, we don't do it in, in awareness. So that's the first clue. The second clue were those who succeeded, they... Uh, we saw two other uh, important things w w when it comes to, to, to how they handle the organizations. Number one, the security person may be uh, the responsible or in charge of, of the, the program itself, but he would or, or she would always involve uh, marketing or communication department and the HR people. Uh, so so, so they, they, they involve more of the organization in the actual program work of, of, uh, of changing uh, security. Uh, and the second thing they did were looking at an understanding or at least trying to understand the different needs of the different groups working in that organization. Now, here's an example for you. Imagine the sales team in any organization with a sales team. Can you do that? Mm -hmm. Now, keep that in mind and imagine, for example, the accountant's team in the same organization. Then you add the management, you add the IACT group or IT group, add the security pe people, uh, add the janitors. And the production people, the drivers, whoever they are, everyone in an organization. The point here is that it's very easy to see that, well, the salespeople generally are very different from the security people or from the accountants. Mm -hmm. The ICT people generally are very different from uh, CFOs or, or the, uh, the management or, or the janitors or whoever else they are. Now, the problem with those who, who failed uh, creating good awareness or changed the security behavior of their organization, they kept shooting their awareness activity with a shotgun. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so they were like, okay, so we have 10,000 employees here. Uh, they all work here, so let's give them the same training, the same documentation, mm -hmm. the same everything. Right. And, of course, things will change. And no, it will not. If you want to teach me something, you first have to figure out what do I know, how do I prefer to communicate, how do I prefer to learn, and then adapt your message to my needs. Then and only then will I start paying attention, internalize it, and use it and apply it in my own learning. Right. Well, and, so and I'd even say that each one of those peoples have, have different uh, attack vectors as far as or, or things that they need to be aware of from, from security. It, exactly. You, know, you, you think of the executives, you know, especially with all this money fraud now as far as uh, a, an email coming in and, and coming to like the secretary or the, the CFO from the CEO. And it, it's, a, it's pretty much like a, a fake email. Uh, that's, yeah. that's not something that the uh, IT people or the janitors need to worry about. Most likely. 
Yeah. Uh, but in the sales team, you may may actually see that there will be different levels or leagues of salespeople. So, for example, you would have account managers who who, who would be. Um, I, I don't like to put it like this, but but they would be more like the janitor of the sales. So, so they will just take orders and, and effectuate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, very generalized, obviously. Right. Uh, then you will have key account managers who have a couple of, of, of key clients that they will do whatever for, bend over, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never said that. <laughs> Um, and then you will have business development managers whose job is to seek out new strategic business opportunities. These three different levels, and, and those are only some of the complexity that we will see when we start looking through your organization. But these three uh, levels alone will give us a clue to how we need to train the three le- different levels. Mm-hmm. So account managers can do uh, easier, simpler form of, of training than the business development manager who needs to be able to uh, spot uh, uh, scams of a different magnitude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, 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 so at this level, we, we have two areas. So, so, so metrics, you need to know where you're going and, and how to know that you actually get there. And you need to know and adapt to your organizational needs. The third thing that we saw is that those who failed, they uh, started with the third thing here, uh, topics or or activities, if you like, uh, shooting the shotgun. Uh, Those who succeeded, they only chose activities or trainings, if you like, um, awareness activities, when they knew who they were targeting and what goal they were setting out to reach. Uh, and fourthly, the, the fourth differentiator is um, those who succeeded, they, they made plans. They, uh, many of them applied uh, modern um, process, um, uh, what do you call them, um, uh, procedures to um, continuous um, improvement uh, procedures. So, so, so when you have done a campaign, you stop, you uh, do a gap analysis between the goal you set and the results you created, uh, you do a retrospective, you consider, so what worked, what did not work, what do we need to change, what do we think we can apply in other areas of the organization, stuff like this. Continuous learning also in awareness activities. Yeah, so it, it sounds like you need to take the approach that you take with just about everything else within security, exactly. which is which is you you kind of send it out, re- reevaluate, uh, you know, get feedback, things like that. So yeah, uh, that that's that's not surprising. And I think you know, it, it, a lot of organizations aren't. It, it's mostly their goal is compliance, and so they're going to get a compliance result. In 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 I, I tend to agree with you, but I've seen over the past couple of years uh, a trend emerging that that compliance is important from a risk management perspective, but an increased understanding that compliance by checkbox is not actually cutting the change. It's not good enough. Right. Um, so, 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 for example, one of the banks I'm working with here in, the, in, in Europe is um, <laughs> the guys I work with in this bank is not the awareness team, it's not the security team. It is the risk um, department. 
Do you see how that changed the game? Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 and the funny thing is, is normally the risk department would be those driving compliance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, it's like the risk guys, and, and this is a large bank with quite a few risk people, um, like we're counting uh, some hundred people. Uh, and, and they came to me and said, well, you know, we understand compliance, we understand risk, but we need to see how does the culture, the actual security culture, not, not just the activities we do to check the box, but how can we apply security culture in a way that actually improves security and thus reduce the risk. Right. And this is the kind of maturity that we've seen evolve uh, over the past few years. More and more uh, organizations come to us with that perspective. So, 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 so compliance is still important, but it's like, let's move one step further. Let, let's not mm-hmm. only focus on the checkbox, but actually create... Uh, change and actually create better security by reducing risk using and understanding how we can apply security culture. Okay, so so you know, and, and one of the things I keep running into with with these uh, exploring information security podcasts and reviews is you know use cases or as you said goals. Uh, what are some of the goals that that organizations should be striving for with implementing a security culture? Uh, the pragmatist uh, answer, and I'm a pragmatist, um, <laughs> is that it depends, of course. Um, so, so maturity is, of course, an, an, an important level here. If, you, if your organization is not really mature when it comes to these things, then uh, you should start with uh, easier targets. So, for example, um, one could be implement or learn and implement the security culture framework to get a continuous improvement cycle in your awareness or cultural approach. Mm -hmm. And then that would be maybe for the first year or maybe even the second year, depending on on how fast you are able to actually uh, change and transform. And then the next level could be um, uh, to implement security culture as part of your five-year security strategy, uh, which another bank we are working with over here uh, came to me uh, some time ago and said, so Kai, we, we are building this five-year strategic plan, uh, and we think that this is how your framework fits in here. And uh, looking at it, it made a lot of sense, uh, and I only needed to make a few minor changes. And, and what this tells us is that when you take time to actually look into the framework itself and and recognize that this is just like everything else, just like you said, Tim, it's very simple. Just do things like you would do if it was not about awareness. Um, And and in an organization like that, then we can also uh, see, so so in year one, we will be... Uh, or target this maturity level, and and then we can choose these kind of goals. Uh, But after five years, we should actually have different kinds of goals and and should be reaching a different level of maturity when it comes to security culture. Um, And it's also important, in my opinion, to to, to connect the security awareness goals 
uh, or, or objectives, if you like, uh, with those of your uh, business or business objectives and those normal information security objectives that you should be having, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. And that will do it for part one. Hopefully you learned something. If you didn't, drop me a line on Twitter at Timothy D Block. That's D-E-B-L-O-C-K or email me at timothy.dblock at gmail.com. Let me know what you didn't learn and we'll cover it in a future podcast. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash EIS. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. If you'd like to donate to the show, check out my Patreon page at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash E-I-S. Have a good one.